1: Music, 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 music. It's the last show of the year. Cha cha
2: cha. We're gonna party like it's 1999? Uh, 2016? It doesn't have the same ring. We're almost there. Almost, almost. How
1: exciting. Wow. Oh, wow. What a, a year. A year has gone by.
2: That's great. <laughs> Hooray! We it did feels it. weird because we didn't start the show how we normally start. Whatever, let's just keep going. Oh
1: my goodness. Wait, don't wait. Hey everyone, shoot. You're listening to the final episode of The Command Zone of 2015.
2: How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai.
1: And it's Jimmy Wong. Uh, that's... I was
2: very careful. I did not want to forget.
1: I know. You You had it. I you mean, I never the... forgot. You I actually... mean, I've never
2: forgotten before in any of the episodes. The
1: listeners don't see this, but you just pushed the button and it just said that. So <laughs> I don't know where you got that button from. Automated. How's
2: yeah. it? It's Josh Lee Kwai.
1: Yeah, you've made it back. Uh, the real Josh on the show tonight. Thank goodness. um this is our final show of 2015 uh it's been an amazing year so the show today we have uh, a lot of giveaways for one because we love giving you guys stuff for free and we're also going to talk about some of the oath of the gatewatch leaks and then do a year in review which is exciting
2: very exciting and when we were putting together this show i thought is there enough stuff for a whole show with highlights and, and your interview and all uh, There's a lot.
1: Yeah. You said that by the way, a few times about certain topics that like, cause in my like, mind, man. I'm always
2: like, man, I don't know. I'm <laughs> doubtful. Will that actually be a show? It's always a show. Yeah.
1: Which is good. Which means we're not going to run out of material anytime soon. Don't worry. Listeners. Okay. So, um, a lot of stuff has happened, huh?
2: Kind of crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, this was newsworthy and this again made our last podcast seem
2: like we were in the stone age talking about cards. It's kind of annoying. ain't going to lie. Um, leaks leak city i mean this boat is taking on a lot of water (laughs) that's my favorite uh, way of putting it (laughs) uh yeah so if you do not know if you're not part of the twitterverse or the The social media or or just you don't follow magic online that much i mean magic the gathering the game online not the digital product um (laughs) then you may not know but oath of the gatewatch had a ton of spoilers sorry not spoilers leaks leaks so I, do they know where it's come from now? I'm no, assuming it's one of their printing it companies. It looks as though... So what happened is it got
1: spread around on an imager album, uh, also on an Instagram account. I, I don't know where it came from. I think that's aside the point. Uh, but basically, it just showed a ton of... It, all the new expeditions, um, a lot of the mythics in the set and the sort of the big reveals of Oath of the Gatewatch, and it was all posted online and went everywhere, and it was quite the uh, kerfuffle.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's a big deal because... Wizards has a certain way that they want the spoilers to be rolled out in, in a certain order, and they want to explain things in a certain way, and this just puts yeah. a, a crimp in the whole system. We'll talk more about leaks, you know, what they mean for the game, why everyone's sort of in a tizzy about it, but... Whether it's justified, which I think it very much is. The big thing, really, for most of the listeners, is just that there's a whole bunch of cards that yeah. we didn't know existed and we now know are going to exist. And so we're going to obviously talk about those. Normally, we like to do sort of a, a big set review uh, and talk about everything once it's all out and ma- we might touch on just the legendary creatures or something but this yeah. is so far in advance of the set that it's like well we kind of have to talk about it
1: yeah and they're all major cards uh and it, in a way it's very exciting of course because it's like oh cool we get to see all the cards early and in a lot of ways it also well again we'll touch on why it's not as exciting but to not put a huge damper on things they're new cards and we're going to talk about them
2: before we get into all of that and our year in review, which is exciting, we're going to talk about the highlights of this year for the Command Zone, some of our favorite Magic-related things that happened. Jimmy, yeah, you're a champion. I'm a champion. Yes, be- I'm a champion. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a there's something I wanted to mention because it's pretty cool. There was a big tournament held in where Venice.
1: Yeah, Venice Beach, uh, held by uh, Magic the Traveling. You guys have, may have seen uh, it
2: be retweeted by the main Magic account. Uh, it posts a lot of cool pictures of people playing Magic all over the world. And so Jimmy entered a 64-man draft tournament. Do you want to run down how that worked?
1: Yeah, so 64-man draft tournaments means uh, it's a single elimination tournament where you separate into eight different draft pods of eight people because eight times eight is 64 uh, times tables, everyone. Uh, and each of those draft pods drafts and then plays. And single elimination, only one person will escape from each draft pod uh, That yeah, if not you, lost. Yeah, if you
2: don't know, in an eight-man draft pod, if you do it the normal way, there'll be one person that's 3-0. and o.
1: Mm-hmm. Correct. So um, everybody
2: from each draft pod that was 3-0, that's eight people. They then get into the final table, top yeah, eight. top eight. And they draft. <laughs> it was my then, first
1: top eight, Josh. I was very excited.
2: Well, not just that. And I did bury the lead by by giving away and calling you a champion. <laughs> but you took home the yeah first prize
1: i did i won the whole thing um 3-0, 3-0. 3-0, 3-0 and then i drafted the next night and i went three o again so i was nine o on the weekend which you told me i was like holy crap i've never won that many of anything in my life in a row i don't think
2: well and we had drafted me and you just for fun the night before online and we went oh, right. two and one so you were 11 and one on the weekend that's yeah. pretty good but really i'm making the top eight of a gp at that point right that's yeah i mean <laughs> for sure um but just Being in a tournament setting and going 6 0 and taking home the crown, that's really hard to do. Yeah, I told everyone about the
1: command zone. Good work. Yo, check it out, guys. We do a podcast about Commander while we draft Balfour Zendikar.
2: Well, (laughs) the thing I love about that is, like, sort of like going against the typical, stereotypical commander player is like no we're good at magic
1: yeah well i enjoy being good at magic too yeah exactly but
2: i mean i think a lot of commander players are good at magic but we have this weird reputation in the magic community which is we're not as good
1: (gasps) what's that sound
2: oh my gosh it's telling us to move on to the next uh all right (laughs) (laughs) so that sound you're hearing that is our holiday giveaway sound
1: yeah Oh, by the way, to touch on the last thing you just said, because I don't want to leave it too uh, open. Um, we are all great players. But yeah, we do have a bad rep for some reason because we play this fun, casual format.
2: People think we're not serious about Magic and we're not good at Magic. Hey, shut up. We are good at Magic when we want to be. Jimmy <laughs> Wong just took us down a 64-man yeah! draft tournament. No
1: all, no thanks to my opponent drawing uh, two lands and then four lands of all the same color in, the, in two simultaneous games. No, no, nothing about that. Whatever. <laughs> that could have easily happened to you. That's true. So that sound is our next uh, subject Holloway, Holloway, holiday giveaway, Holloway give a day, <laughs> <away, give> <laughs> extravaganza!
2: It's holiday time. We're giving stuff away. Pew pew, pew bing. bing 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 bing. Those so, are sleigh bells now. Bing 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 bing. bing. bing, bing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that sound you're going to hear it quite a bit this episode. We've set the alarm to go off every six minutes, Ooh. which means every six minutes we're going to give away three packs, three booster packs. Nice. So what we're going to do, as promised, we're going to go on to our Twitter followers list. We're going to randomly select one of our Twitter followers. We're going to call you out on air. And if you hear your Twitter handle and name, you just need to email us your mailing address and you will get your booster packs. So our, our email is commandcast at rocketjump.com. Again, if you hear your name throughout this episode, as one of the contest winners, get we stoked. need your address to give you free booster packs. Thanks for following us on Twitter as well okay,
1: welcome new followers.
2: So the bell rang. Bing and we should give away our first prize. Do you want to announce the random person or me? I will announce it.
1: Okay, so the way we did this is we uh, uh, made a CSV giant file of all our followers put it into a random number generator and we just hit it. So we have our we have we have our winners.
2: okay, here we go. the first winner is Twitter name Dawson has no Creek <laughs> at Dawson underscore gene G-E-A-N-E no Creek, huh? Da- I guess Dawson has no Creek. So Dawson, Gene, you're a winner. Congrats. And a funny name, too. I
1: love that. If you guys have seen Dawson's Creek. Congrats. You're our first holiday giveaway extravaganza winner on this Make fine sure fine you night.
2: email us your mailing address. Okay. On to the first topic.
1: Oath of the Gatewatch.
2: Oath of the Gatewatch. Lots of leaked stuff. I'm going to... Yeah. If I accidentally say spoilers, pre- please forgive me. Uh, I mean leaks. He means leaks. Yeah. And Trick Jarrett actually wrote an article that went up on the Wizards website today uh, basically saying how and why leaks are bad. Yeah. Um, so I thought we could discuss that before we get into sort of the meat of what each card specifically is.
1: Yeah. Um, the the article is how why leaks hurt, and uh, unsurprisingly, Reddit had a negative reaction to it. Um,
2: well, Reddit never has a pos- positive reaction. <laughs> yeah. It's just not an option on Reddit. Like, you can't click the positive button.
1: Oh, that's right. Even Thumbs Up has a tinge of like, but I'm right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so... Um, both of the gate watch experienced a lot of leaks and there was a huge dump of these cards and trick wrote a really nice article uh, sort of talking about what the leaks do, how they affect players and why it affects specifically wizards as well. I mentioned this a little bit on Twitter, but one obvious thing is like, look, there's, hype that needs to get built up around the set and there's a whole marketing strategy and people are paid and it's their job to figure out how they want to release these in a certain way what they want to pair with it article wise and this sort of just throws all of that under the bus and it's a lot of work and a lot of effort that these people are putting in to make a game good for you and fun for you to enjoy that sort of gets taken from them and it's the same actually that goes for us content creators and I think this is very important because We've gotten spoilers before, right, Josh? We actually just kind of got on that spoiler train, and it's been really, really exciting because we got to preview some really cool cards for you guys. But there's a chance that we actually don't get that opportunity for this episode or for the episodes in the future for Oath of the Gatewatch because the card's already been spoiled.
2: They just have less cards now to give away as spoiler cards because a a lot of them have been spoiled, and especially the big flashy ones. Yeah. I do understand the Reddit side, though, also, which is like, you know, people want to know the info. Yeah. They're not the ones that are out there, like, leaking the stuff. But if somebody does, like, they're like, well, I'm happy to know it. And I, I totally get that. Um, I think it's a complicated issue. And, you know, the content creator point obviously resonates with us because we're content creators. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure you've heard this a lot. Content creators don't get much for doing our content. Like, we really yeah. <laughs> just get the satisfaction of doing it. And one of the things is sort of, like, getting to spoil a card and those exciting moments, uh, you know, getting to interview a Wizards employee or getting yeah. to, you know... Maybe go to the community cup. Like, there's there's things that happen, but they're rare, and that's really all we get. So, I I, I do feel the pinch from that, and that kind of sucks. But yeah. at the same time, I do understand. Like, uh, if you're just your average Joe, it's just some it's just some information that came out, and it's, yeah, what's the big deal? And I, I I do kind of get that. Yeah, it really isn't. Like, if
1: you look at it like a year down the line, you'll just go like kind of scoff it off. I think um, the top uh, comment on Reddit is that. This is a good article, et cetera, so, but there's one thing that bugs us. Watsi does not own the MTG community and sort of talks about, you know, like it's on them about the leaks and it's their fault and they should figure it out. But here's the thing, like, we are all fans of the game they make. We make content for the game and you guys play the game. Like, as much as you th- say Watsi doesn't own the MTG community, we st- we still get affected in a way that hurts us.
2: Yeah, but I, I do know what that Reddit user is saying, which is that they it's not it is wizards job to stop the leaks yeah, you totally. cannot ask the community to not want the leaks i mean that's that's just not realistic yep and and you know it's unfortunate because it's demand versus supply, kind of getting mixed up. Like it, they're saying, like, "Oh my gosh,
1: that was only six minutes! <laughs> that was six minutes! We can't ever." Actually, maybe this will make our episode go <laughs> faster. Yeah, it's true. Because it's gonna make us move on. We're like, okay, I guess we should talk about the next thing.
2: All right, Jimmy, your um,
1: turn. Okay, I'm going to pick the next winner, and the winner is at. Is it Kyle? All right, is it, is it Kyle? Kyle? Make at sure command it
2: cast at rocketjump.com. We want your address. Okay. Back to the Reddit thing. <laughs> All right, whatever. It's unrealistic to say like people don't want leaks. Like totally. I don't want you to want them. We totally get it. But on the other hand, you know, it would be nice. I think if the community sort of wasn't so like voracious about wanting, I don't know. That seems crazy too. Like you can't even you can't ask that. To
1: people. It's really hard. I mean, at the same time, it's like there are things that can slip up along the way. What if an unfinished card gets leaked? What if it gets Mm -hmm. leaked at a different time? What if it's just like a cool thing that they wanted to make an event around? And, you know, I I just, I'm thinking it more of the, um, the employees of Wizards must feel just like, they got the sort of rug yeah. taken out from under them.
2: I mean, I feel for those people, and it totally you know. sucks. But it is on Wizards to make sure the leaks don't happen because – It's on any company to make sure there's yeah. that sort of stuff doesn't happen for any
1: product whatsoever. And it's tough because, you know, it's human nature to be like, I have a secret, and I want to show people. Or, like, I have something cool to do. Ah, I'm going to break the rules. And, you know, it's like the – it's it's a chaotic world out there. You, you can't put a rein on all these things. It's Maybe it's impossible for Wizards to stop the leaks,
2: you know? It is possible for them to stop the leaks entirely. Uh, There's, I mean, maybe. I mean, listen. People I, always find a way. Yeah, it's interesting because I w- we both work in an inter intellectual property field. Mm-hmm. I work in movies. I work for companies like Marvel. Yeah, you should see the amount of security that Marvel has so that their stuff does not leak because they've had leaks in the past. It's insane. They have levels That's of such sp- an expenditure, isn't it? I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. How much do you want to stop it? They Marvel has. Security that rivals like nuclear missile silos. No joke. <laughs> there are like devices we're required to use that they use in nuclear missile reactions. Jeez. So, pretty high level security. Yeah. Stuff, now, man. I'm not saying Wizards has to do that, but I'm just saying like it, Marvel didn't go, well, community don't want. Because right. that's a stupid pro. That's a stupid thing to say. Sorry, I'm not calling them stupid. It's just a ridiculous thing to say because you're saying, "Hey, people don't want to devour our product."
1: Yeah, I don't think that's the point of the article. Yeah, yeah that, I don't but, either. But that is true. It, we're gonna want it no matter what. I mean, it, if you do your
2: job right, they want it.
1: Yeah, and they clearly it means they're doing their job right because everyone wants this new information. So yeah. Yeah, props to Wizards. I mean, maybe Hasbro is going to have to step in and, and sort of help out in this situation,
2: see if they can increase security measures. There probably has to be some really stringent security protocols yeah. put into place that aren't there now. It can definitely be done. It's just, like I said, it's on Wizards. They need to do that.
1: Yep. All right. So uh, that's the leaks. That's, we're talking about the leaks, talking about the leaks, talking talking about the leaks. So let's talk about the leaks.
2: Let's talk about the leaks. Uh, a couple of disclaimers. One is... There's a really good chance more stuff gets leaked between now and when you hear this, mm-hmm. so we're sorry if we're a little behind. Uh, that's another thing that sucks about leaks, but they're not controlled, they're not on a schedule. We're just going to talk about what we know now. Sorry if new stuff came out. That's what happened between last yeah. episode and this, and that's just the way it is. I don't
1: think it's gonna. There's gonna be a bigger dump of information between these two, but uh, yeah, we're we're pretty much I mean, we're all we're almost looking like the whole freaking set right now.
2: It's very possible that somebody just leaks the rest of it. I mean, they are obviously have access, so yeah. Um, why
1: don't they just leak the comments so I know how I'm going to draft it? <laughs> just kidding. Because just they, don't think, kidding. they don't
2: understand that people want to know that stuff also. Uh, we should say or apologize that the video quality on a lot of these cards we're going to talk about is going to be lower. That's another downside. It's yeah. just that a lot of these are like cell phone pictures. So that's all we've got. So, But we are going to talk about the cards. Yeah. And you know, there may be some people out there that are saying, well, if leaks are bad, why are you going to talk about them? I mean, even Trick in his article said one of the downsides of leaks is that... People who are more enfranchised and go online and check things now have an advantage over people who don't. So once it's leaked, it's actually incumbent upon us to spread it as much as possible so that we, you know, mitigate that advantage. Yep. So that's why we're going to talk about it.
1: Because we're good people. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Also, it gives us content to talk about because we're always looking for that. Um, Exactly. All right. (laughs) And then the last thing we'll say is a disclaimer that we do not know 100% that these cards are real, but obviously based on the fact that Wizards on their website came out and talked about leaks, you can assume they're probably real. Yep. All right. They are. Um oh, the first card we're going to talk about is actually a spoiler and not a leak. Oh, thank goodness. So this was actually officially released. There's only a couple of these on this list. Um and it has a new mechanic and it's very interesting because they've said that this set is going to be what was the wording? Uh focused, yeah, towards two-headed giant.
1: Yeah, the pre-release uh especially, I know they wanted to emphasize two-headed giant. And our friend Gavin Verhey actually organizes that experience, so that'd be cool if maybe there's a little
2: designer gameplay crossover very exciting pretty cool this should be exciting to commander players because we're used to just having more than one person versus one person in a game yeah. so this should be right up our alley um the card is called crush of tentacles
1: it's, it's also a commander card
2: yeah it's it seems really good it's four and two blue it says return all non-land permanence to their owner's hands but if crush of K- tentacles surge cost was paid put an 8-8 blue octopus creature token onto the battlefield. So as you may have guessed, it has Surge, which is the new mechanic. The Surge cost is 3 and 2 blue, so it's actually one less than the the regular casting cost of the spell. And it says you may cast this spell for its Surge cost if you or a teammate has cast another spell this turn. Teammate. So that's the two-headed giant part. It also may have some ramifications in Commander depending on how you play if you play with teams or you play right a lot of people play two-headed giant oh boy here we go it's okay here we go six minutes well, <laughs> we're gonna get good at this we're gonna get fast okay. okay uh and the next one here we go you should it be is. excited actually here i'm yep. gonna get excited this is what the next person's gonna win just like the last two person won. it is houston at tns ginger hey i think that guy is the co-host of tap and sack the podcast hey Yep. so Houston. The, he, he's the coolest ginger I know. Nice. I think that's his catchphrase. Um, yep, you've won some packs. Email us, commandcast at com. your a- address. Okay. Houston, we have a booster. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> Had never, to do it. He's never heard that before. Okay, so Surge, again, we're assuming the Surge mechanic is you pay the surge cost or you're eligible to pay the surge cost if you or a teammate has cast another spell this turn so that's kind of cool
1: so this will work uh in two of the giant two of the giant by the way if you don't know you play with a player alongside you and you guys take your turns together and then your opponent's team takes their turn together and cards say and you share a life total of 30 usually and, and cards that say opponents uh apply to everyone so are certain little rules here
2: and there but yeah crush of densicle is really interesting i think it's definitely playable in commander not even if you don't play with teams because you're so often or so much more often going to be able to cast a spell and then yeah you know still have five man, mana available also there's stuff like citaxian probe that just costs zero yeah exactly so might be playable in modern i mean it returns all non-land permanents to their owner's hand and if you paid surge you get an 8-8 octopus so yeah, everybody's got nothing but you've got an 8-8
1: they have some lands and that's about it they can replay some stuff but yeah an 8-8 is pretty impressive um Yeah, I can see this doing great even if you have like 8 mana. Heck, even if you had to, if you just had 8 mana, but the board was so crazy, I would totally just play a 3-drop and then Crush of Tentacles and push it back to my
2: hand just so I can get an 8-8. Oh, for sure. Totally worth it. Yeah, Get an 8-8 and still send everybody's permanence back to their hand. I mean, it's a board wipe with upside. Mm, seems good.
1: Seems good. I'm looking forward to, to uh seeing more teammate-based cards cuz then we could actually have a real episode on uh uh Secret Partners. T- secret Partners, which is a format that we've talked about on this show a couple of times. All right, moving on, we have a couple of new Planeswalkers. We know that there are going to be four Planeswalkers here guaranteed. We have Nissa, Chandra, uh Gideon again, correct?
2: And then Jace. I'm not sure if there's yeah, I don't know how it's going to work. By the way, I think I might we, be We actually on the Masters of Modern podcast uh, last no, I episode. I guested. It. It, and uh, we predicted that Nissa and Chandra would be in this set, so we got that prediction right.
1: Yeah, and they also have this art on the. Uh, I think they released potentially the boosters for Oath of the Gatewatch. Oh, I'm so, yeah, so it's Gideon, Jace, Chandra, and Nissa, and the, they're all like holding up their hands. They're like doing this. They're like in the promo it. art. Cool. <laughs> no one can see what just happened. <laughs> you uh, want to read Nissa? Yeah, let's talk about Nissa. One green green for a three uh, loyalty planeswalker. Put a zero, her plus one. Put a zero one green plant creature token onto the battlefield. Her minus two, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control. and her minus seven, you gain X life and draw X cards, where X is the number of lands you control.
2: Card seems so, really good. It's a token really generator. Good. It uh, gives plus one. It, it's a token pumper. Also good in five color Marchesa. Yeah, this and is simil- it's got card draw.
1: It's similar to uh, the Gideon in this set, where it comes down and immediately has a very permanent ish effect on the board. It's not an emblem, but it puts a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control and this stays alive
2: yeah um yep seems really good and any planeswalker that's cheap like this which is this is a three cmc mm-hmm. is going to be very good i mean even if you just look at it like an enchantment that created a uh zero one every turn that's a good card yeah and this one and also does other that. stuff
1: yeah i could totally see this going in a token deck for one green green that ability to affect the entire board is really powerful there's another ability on an old um a uh, johnny caller mm-hmm. uh, i forgot what it is steadfast i think uh, but he costs four mana and it's white. So Nissa definitely, you can see where she wants to have fun. She wants to be going off in like an elf travel deck or something.
2: I wonder if this card will be modern playable because it is three CMC, which is a sweet spot.
1: Modern elves? I could totally see that. Maybe. I don't I know. I've known nothing about modern. Castler, tell me if I'm wrong.
2: Um, um, okay. On to the next card. It is Chandra, Flamecaller. So we got a new Chandra here. It's four and two red, so six mana for a four loyalty Planeswalker. Her plus one is put two 3-1 red elemental creature tokens with haste onto the battlefield. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. So you get two, you get basically a ball lightning Yeah. just split into two creatures. Her zero is discard all cards in your hand, then draw that many cards plus one. That's interesting. So it's basically like a Wheel of Fortune plus one. Just no, for yourself. Wins of change Wind plus of one. of change, yeah. You, uh, yeah, for yourself. That seems really good, and it's a zero ability. Um, and then her negative X is Chandra deals X damage to each creature. This card seems awesome.
1: Yeah, especially for EDH players. Um, I don't think you'll be casting this too often in modern ever. Maybe yeah, in six. standard. But like it, the minus X where you can just do two damage to each creature is incredible. Or minus or three. X, X damage or three, yeah, or even four. Yeah. So Prophet of Kruphix, it will kill that right away.
2: This is got card draw and a wrath ability on it. And the uh, put two, three, one elemental creature tokens with haste on the battlefield is actually really good, especially in red decks that have a lot of sack outlets. Mm-hmm. So you can attack if you want to, but a lot of times you might just, that might be creating four mana if you have an astronaut's altar That's out. That's a really good point. Um, so I don't know. This card seems extremely good to me. It's card draw red.
1: Yeah. Good old Chandra, she's had a lot of iterations over the years, so I'm glad to see one that has so much flexibility, and I'm glad that it costs that much, because for us, it's great, you know, like, it means they can power her up a little bit more for costing more than your regular Planeswalker.
2: It'll probably keep the cost a little bit under control, like, dollar-wise, too, because, you know, like, Nissa, if she gets played, it's three mana Planeswalker, it could be playable in, like, eternal formats, and that's gonna just push the price, like way up whereas Chandra's six mana so there's no way it's really playable I love her draw ability for
1: zero you get to discard your whole hand and draw that many cards plus Plus one
2: one, so you actually come out ahead on cards too Yeah,
1: it's very good yeah I love recycling your hands in EDH I think it's something that gets underrated alright next up we have world breaker six and a green for a five seven creature Eldrazi he's breaking the world he's devoid so that's a, a new keyword that was introduced in the most recent set and it says this card has no color uh, and then when you cast Worldbreaker, exile target artifact, enchantment, or land. That's pretty good. It has a mm-hmm. reach, because it's breaking the world, skies and all. And for two and a colorless mana, so that's the diamond symbol. Man, so many new things about this card. <laughs> so two and a colorless mana, sacrifice a land, return World from your graveyard to your hand.
2: Hey. That seems pretty good, um, because they can just, it's really hard to get rid of it permanently. You know, it's... I guess they can exile, obviously, or tuck it. Oh, or they can give away something.
1: Oh, World Breaker breaking some packs onto people's... I don't know. That doesn't make sense. All right. (laughs) Is it you or me? It's you. All right. We have uh, 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 at the double E-E. So Elrod Lee. Elrod Lee command cast at
2: com. we need your address okay
1: uh conveniently your name is in the list right next to talarian community college and ben bateman so
2: (laughs) you're (laughs) pretty good yeah very random lucky okay so again world breaker two and a diamond sacrifice a land return world breaker from your graveyard to your hand it's a five seven it also says when you cast it exile target artifact enchantment or land i wish it was enter the battlefield
1: yeah you know, if at sorcery speed, you can sacrifice this to Ashnod's altar and then pay one colorless to return it with the land to your hand. You don't even
2: have to pay the colorless. Ashnod's makes the diamond. Right, but you have to pay three total.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm just saying like, oh, right, right, right. it could be a, a green It could mana. be a green, that's correct. Yeah, because
2: Ashnod's does make the uh, colorless mana. Oh, side tangent. Something we've sort of learned uh, or heard from people recently, a number of people have come in and said, well, what if I've got a mono green deck, but I play Birds of Paradise in it? Can mm. I tap that Birds of Paradise, saying I'm tapping it for red, and the commander rules say if you add a color other than your general's color identity to your mana pool, it turns into colorless mana? Yeah. And that way, Birds of Paradise can actually produce colorless mana, and I can cast Kozilek with oh, it. Oh, unless you're playing a five-color deck. Yes, exactly. Um, Very interesting. And the ruling right now is that you could do that. Sounds so, about right. Yep, something we should mention. It's a it's a nice little loophole. Uh, okay, on to the next card. We've got Kozilek's Return... Big Daddy Kazi. This is a instant. It's two in red. It has Devoid. Kozilek's Return deals two damage to each creature. So three mana deal two damage to each creature. It's fine. Yeah. But whenever you cast an Aldrazi creature spell with converted mana cost seven or greater, you may exile Kozilek's Return from your graveyard. If you do, it deals five damage to each creature. This,
1: I think, is very powerful.
2: It's just a free wrath on top of a huge creature.
1: Yeah. Every t- yeah as soon as you do this once... It just sits in your graveyard, and it's just ready to very thematically pop out of the ground and just go like, I'm back, Poof and hit everything even harder the second time. I like how Kozilek
2: sounds. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, please.
1: Uh, yeah, this card's sweet. Um, it's him busting out of the ground the second time. It's super thematic. I mean, mm-hmm. if you wanted to straight that Vorthos, hit, you could only, uh, you just would never do the May ability until you actually cast a Kozilek.
2: That's true. It's an instant, too, so you could cast it first, deal two to everything, then cast your seven drop, deal five to everything, so you actually deal seven to everything in one turn. That's something we can do in our format because we can have 12 mana. mana. Yeah,
1: 12 mana, however much you need. Yeah.
2: Um, Seems good. Yeah,
1: I like it. I think it's going to be a real house in limited, too, because just a three mana Wrath on the stick is at instant speed. It's like Anger of the Gods.
2: I'm back! I'm back!
1: (laughs) (laughs) Next up, we have Sphinx of the Final Word. Always got to have a Sphinx in these sets. Five blue, blue, five, five creature, Sphinx. Uh, sphinx of the final word can't be countered because it's sitting on the hedron looking super cool. He has flying and hex proof. Oh boy. Instant and sorcery spells you control can't be countered by spells or abilities.
2: So he can't be countered. And then once he's out or she... Instants and no, sorceries instance instance and sorceries you control, right? Can't be countered. Yeah. Uh Wow.
1: His flavor text is uh, kind of like the Mother May I. He answers questions as readily as he asks them, but his answer is always
2: no. <laughs> it's interesting because he actually, based on that flavor text, you'd think it's a permission-style deck, but right. he actually sort of counters permission-style decks.
1: Yeah, because they're asking, hey, can I cast the Sphinx?
2: He's like, no. And yeah, I guess so. You can always cast the Sphinx. It can't be countered. And then once it's out, none of your instant or sorceries can be countered. So it seems like a very good answer to like, the Mizzix deck... Oh, yeah. Or a Talran deck or one of those decks that's annoying in your playgroup and won't let you cast your spells and keeps right. countering them. Yeah, so,
1: he's just like a nice... And he's hexproof, so he really is kind of like an enchantment.
2: Yeah, I do like having Can't more answers him. to that style of deck. Um, it seems good. It's expensive, but I could definitely see it seeing some play. See it seeing some play? I can see it seeing some I've play. I've seen it seeing some play. Yeah, I've seen you seeing it, seeing me seeing you Holy seeing crap. it. crap. See some play.
1: Dude, this sphinx, man. It, it can see a lot it of messes things. messes with your mind.
2: It messes with your brain. All right,
1: next up, you want to talk about this one?
2: Uh, yep, it is Kalitas, traitor of Geist. Get, uh, oh sorry, get, <laughs> of no. Geist. I was reading the. Sorry, I was reading ahead. I won't. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't spoil uh, that. I won't spoil that. Won't spoil that. Okay. Kalitas, traitor of Get two and two black for a legendary creature, vampire warrior. It's a three four. If a non-token, cre- oh sorry, has life link. If a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile that card and put a 2-2 black zombie creature onto the battlefield, and then pay 2 and a black, sacrifice another vampire or zombie, put 2-1-1 counters on Kalitas. Wow. That first ability is nuts. It's just you get 2-2 zombies anytime Every time an it- opponent's creature dies, and it exiles those creatures so all your like straight destroy removal turns into exile removal
1: yeah that's actually really cool yeah
2: it still won't kill like a indestructible guy if you Mm -hmm. just use destruction because it has to be dying right but still and then you just get two two zombies every time that happens this seems very good it seems really good i i like this card the art is
1: really bizarre and it looks like it's out of another set in generation of time it does look
2: like one of the old cards um yeah and then the second ability what do you think
1: it depends on how much uh, in limited. I think how many vampires and zombies are rolling around yeah. north of the gate watch. Um, well, it could I mean, be it could be something set up for Shadows of Innistrad maybe, over Innistrad. You know what time it is. Every time, time it goes it, off, getting... I think something's yeah, wrong. Oh my god, what's happened? Wait, why didn't you turn off your phone, Josh? It's the Holloway gift giveaway extravaganza time. All right, go Someone's ahead. it's win three booster packs. Uh, the winner we have this time around is going to go ahead and be. At the J Y L O X, Mark Jason Paulino. Congratulations, buddy.
2: Congratulations.
1: Email us, commandcast at rocketjump.com with your mailing address, and we'll get these packs out. Here. Can I just
2: call him MJP for short?
1: MJP. <laughs> Hype. All right. Uh, Kalidas, I like it. Uh, I could totally see you making a commander deck out of this if you wanted to. I think this is really sweet. Uh, and it could be like a zombie tribal vampire, or, or vampire, a zombie, tribal. yeah, which is great. Or uh, Zambi. Or, or
2: z- Zampire? Zampire? I like zombies. Zombie. Vambi. Vambi? Bambi. That sounds like Bambi.
1: does sound uh, like Bambi. Um, okay, Bambi. we have some new lands. This is really exciting. Um, so uh, I love lands. Yeah, we knew that there were going to be ways to generate colorless mana at the common slot. So this actually gives us a little bit look into what the limited format might be shaping up to be. Uh, the first up is the Sandwalker from Star Wars. It's Holdout Settlement.
2: It, it's totally like there's Jawas inside that thing. Yeah,
1: except it's like probably a oh, little diddy. smaller. Uh, it's a common land. You can tap it to add one colorless to your mana pool or a diamond. Or you can tap it. Tap an untapped creature you control. Add one mana of any color to your mana pool. So it's sort of like Leaf Spring Drum. Huh, yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. I could totally see this being in a King Makar deck.
2: <laughs> That's
1: true. Make some mana. Yeah. This is, and tap him.
2: Yeah. This is interesting. Um, it's not great for our format, but right. it, it, it actually depends on how much you need or want colorless mana, diamond mana. Uh, If there's a lot of good cards that you want to put in, that actually may be good in Commander. Yep. Uh, The other common land we have right now is Crumbling Vestige. It's a land, obviously. It comes into play. It enters the battlefield tapped. When Crumbling Vestige enters the battlefield, add one mana of any color to your mana pool. Oh, cool. It's almost like you have a Lotus Cobra, although you don't actually need the Lotus Cobra. And then it taps to add diamond mana. So when it comes into play, it gives you a mana of any color. And from then on, you just tap to add colorless mana.
1: That's cool. Um, now, of course, this doesn't work if you're gonna you want to put it into play and then later on cast an instant at another phase, because as you move to your next phase, that mana will disappear. But it's great for I think anyone aggressive, because you're going to be spending that mana usually. And in general, it's it's really sweet. It comes in. I, I could totally see a Trondic even playing this to get an Ancient Stirrings off it. You know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Play crumbling vestige, Ancient Stirrings pass. Pretty good. Pretty, All right.
2: Pretty good.
1: So now we have some lands that are in another language.
2: So we've got translations where, where if the translation turns out to be like slightly different, we apologize.
1: Yeah, uh, and these translations are from the internet, so we source them. They should pretty much be what we think they are, though. Uh, Blighted Crossroad is the first one. You can tap it to add a diamond tier mana pool, or you can tap and pay one life, add one mana of any color, and you can spend this only to cast devoid spells.
2: It's really interesting you can add a mana of any color, but you have to spend that mana to cast a spell that technically has no colors.
1: (laughs) Um, It is the Blighted Crossroad, after all.
2: This feels like it's going to be useful in the limited environment or in the standard environment, and less so to us, because you're just not going to have a ton of devoid spells in your deck.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that gets used.
2: Uh, The next one is Seagate Ruins. It's a land, obviously. You tap it to add Diamond or Colorless to your mana pool, or you can pay 2 and Diamond and tap the Seagate Ruins and draw a card. Holy crap. But it says activate this ability only if you have no cards in hand.
1: That's kinda cool still.
2: Still decent. Um It's
1: a rare land.
2: Yeah, and, and decks that want to like take their whole hand, dump it in their graveyard, and recur stuff in their graveyard, that yeah. might be it might be really good. This is the type of ability that is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Library of Alexandria. Listen, it's not as good. But <laughs> where you read it and you go, well, um, how often am I going to have seven cards in my hand? And then it's like, well, if I build my deck to do that, then I'm just drawing twice as many cards as everybody. Yeah, because I'm always just getting yeah. down to that seven. This, I wonder, someone will definitely try and break this mm-hmm. in, um, in standard, although it does cost uh, basically four mana to do it, so maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's okay.
1: All right. I think it's all right. Next up, we got uh, Spire's Needle. And this one enters the battlefield tapped. It looks like there's going to be a whole series of these. Uh, you can tap it to add red or white to your mana pool. So it's a dual land. And for two red and the white, it becomes a 2-1 elemental creature with double strike until end of turn. It's still a
2: land. We predicted this card on the Masters of Modern when I was on. Really? Yeah. Um, together, we all sort of put it together. And I think we even got the casting cost. The guys wanted it to cost only two mana. And I was like, that'll never happen. It's going <laughs> to cost three or four. Uh, yeah. This is definitely time to give something away. stuff <laughs> <Give himself> away. <laughs> this is really amazing to to do the to show. To force this way. right into it, yeah. yeah. Okay, it uh, still
1: scares me every time it goes off, even though it's so peaceful.
2: All right, this one was going to Caleb Persia. That's Caleb. At, at gu minion. Hey, at gu minion. G-U minion. All right, command cast at rocketjump.com. We need your address. All right, you did it. So this is the creature land, folk land that becomes a two-one double striker, similar similar to Lumbering Falls and Shambling Vent. We're assuming there's going to be two more. We don't know what those are. Yep. Um, but we're that'll complete the entire cycle. Yeah. Now uh,
1: the most exciting land of all of them, I think, because I love limited. Uh, we have a whole cycle of uh, uncommon allied colored lands that enter the battlefield tapped. Uh, they're basically guild gates.
2: They're yeah, they're exactly guild gates because they have no other thing besides tapping for two different colors, the allied colors, and then coming into battlefield taps. Holy tapped. crap though. But I love drafting lands, you, so I'm excited. Did you
1: see the art on these cards? Yeah, They all sick. look sick.
2: They got the Hedrons in the yeah. background and the well, and these are foil. A
1: guy Cliff Childs drew a couple of them. Yeah, they they look really great.
2: Alright, so that is the new cards that are actually in the set. I guess expeditions are technically like, outside the set, right? Right. So this is the big big time, and uh, I think this is actually the most
1: exciting for EDH players as well. So we know now pretty much all of the expeditions in the set. Um, two of them have been officially spoiled by Wizards, and the rest are now out there for us to consume. There's some crazy ones. We might be missing one, actually. I'm not sure. because there's 25? Yeah, I think we're missing one expedition.
2: No, there's only 20. There's only 20? Yeah. We're missing, I think, one of the filter lands has yet to be, but we're going to assume that it's going to be right, the last right. filter land. Um, spoiler spoiler okay so the filter lands obviously we talked about last episode all 10 of them are going to be in there we're assuming right now i think only nine are spoiled but it'd be weird um, <laughs> yeah it's just like a random but that leaves 10 lands. other cards and uh we had been predicting or at least i had that it would be the creature lands the folk lands i thought so too yeah so we're not getting those which is slightly disappointing except there are some crazy awesome lands in yeah, this
1: i am not disappointed whatsoever no. these lands are made for people that play edh and like legacy essentially
2: yeah so one of them is ancient tomb
1: this was spoiled at the world magic cup
2: yep and so ancient tomb is just a land that taps to add it used to add two colorless to your mana pool it still does add two colorless it just reads as tap add diamond diamond to your mana pool and then Ancient Tomb deals two damage to you. This card
1: is great. Uh, This could technically go in every single EDH deck.
2: It's very, very, very good. It's a great ramp. It's like Sol Ring-esque. And it's even better in our format because two damage is less impactful than it is in a regular format.
1: Yep, but be careful. Uh, The next land, also spoiled at the World Magic Cup, is going to look so good as an expedition. It is Forbidden Orchard. Uh, you can tap it to add one mana of any color to your mana pool, and whenever you tap Forbidden Orchard 4 mana, a target opponent puts a 1-1 colorless spirit creature token onto the battlefield. So, again, this is, again, good for EDH because sometimes you want to give someone a low blocker, and you can do it at instant speed. You can really yep. forge some good relationships with this card, and uh, this is also one From the Vault Realms, I believe.
2: And, again, these are not new cards. These cards have existed before. They were just some of them are hard to get and expensive, and mm-hmm. uh, Yeah. The next one is Dust Bowl. You tap it to add diamond to your mana pool, or you can pay three and tap and sacrifice a land. Destroy target non-basic land. <laughs> this you card's know, very good, actually. Run it in, in a few decks, and it's yeah, good. It's, it's good to just like listen. Don't play Iona. Yeah. Because I I may not win this game, but I will just I will just destroy as many of your lands as I can before I go. Pretty good. I like I like that aspect of uh, it. Uh
1: by the way, uh we were talking about this, but you could pull these in a draft and they're draft legal or in a sealed legal. So could you imagine Dust Bowling someone in a game? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Legally playing Dust Bowl in a limited format. Even Ancient Tomb. Oh yeah. my gosh.
2: Uh this next one is yeah. So like it's, it's basically a strip. I mean, it's not, but... It's Wasteland. You yeah. could
1: Wasteland someone Unlimited. Coming to you soon, North of the Gatewatch, it's everybody.
2: actual Wasteland. This yeah. is crazy. How much is this card going to be worth the Expedition? Um,
1: So currently, there is a foil Wasteland. There's actually a few Wastelands that have been printed, uh, surprisingly. For being such an expensive land, it's had a ton of foil versions in the past. There's like a Judge Foil um, and Judge Promos and, and then the original version from Tempest. Uh, the card in its foil version is already like Close to $250, 300 This will probably be like half as much l- less as at most. 150 maybe.
2: I bet it'll go up above that. It'll be above 200
1: Yeah, it is. It's cool. The, the art looks great. So you can tap it to either colorless here, mana pool or you can sacrifice wasteland, destroy target, non-basic land. In Legacy, this plays like a spell because you don't need lands in that format past two, really. So you play
2: Wasteland and you immediately tap it and you destroy a land. It's basically strip mine in Legacy because... Yeah strip mine because people don't play a lot of basic lands so yep and in our format it'll be basically like another strip mine and the only reason you don't play wasteland right now in a lot of decks is because it's freaking expensive yeah like a 50 60 dollar card uh the next one is tectonic edge tap (laughs) land destruction yep tap add a uh diamond to your mana pool or pay one and tap and sacrifice tectonic edge destroy target non-basic land but you can only activate this ability if an opponent if the opponent controls oh sorry if an opponent controls four Ooh. or more lands. Okay. never really thought about that before, but that means I can destroy Craig's land, even if he only has three, as long as you have four.
1: That's uh, pretty mean. Okay. Speaking of pretty mean, guess what? It is, it's Strip Mine. Strip Mine's also an expedition. You can tap it to add color to your mana pool, or you can tap Sacrifice Strip Man, Destroy, Target, Land.
2: This card's so good. Every yeah. ADH deck needs that card. Again, it's not super um, expensive, although it's not super, super spendy like Wasteland. Yeah, totally. But... That's just another way to get a hold of them. This next one, however. if you pull a strip mine, you're selling it.
1: Ooh, selling it to buy some booster packs or you could win them. Bing, 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 bing,
2: bing, 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 bing,
1: Okay, congratulations to at K Bush Hay, Chris Bushy. Congrats. You have won the next booster packs on this show. Go ahead and
2: email us, commandcast at rocketjump.com with your mailing address, and we'll get those out to you. All right, the next one is Horizon Canopy. You can uh, tap it and pay one life, add either green or white to your mana pool, or you can pay one uh, generic mana, tap and sacrifice the Horizon Canopy, and draw a card.
1: Yeah, so this card is actually very expensive because it sees a lot of modern play, correct?
2: Yeah, uh, I believe so. I just know it's expensive. Yeah. Which is why it's not in any of my decks because it's not that good in Commander. It's good. Yeah, but... it's
1: a dual land, and you can cycle it kind of for a yeah. land, for a card. Uh, next up, we have Mana Confluence. Uh, this card I love. I have this in a lot of my decks. You can tap, pay one life, add one mana of any color to your mana pool.
2: Simple as that. It's very good. Um, it's just like City of Brass. You know these expeditions that have the gold? Mm-hmm. They look cooler. Yeah, they do. That's because they tap for one mana of any color, so they have more awesome. gold
1: board around it.
2: Uh, the next one is Eye of ugin or Ooh. Eugene, as our friend Megan and Maria would say. <laughs> Eye of Eugene. It says colorless Eldrazi spells you cast cost two generic less to cast. And you can pay seven and tap the Eye of Eugene. Search your library for a colorless creature card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. And then shuffle your library. So for seven mana, you can tutor mm-hmm. for a colorless creature card, and which it costs two less. We've really expanded. Well, Eldrazi spells cost two less. So right. like a devoid creature wouldn't necessarily. We've recently expanded the amount of colorless creatures we might have because we have things like the Void.
1: Mm-hmm. This card is sweet. Mm-hmm. I love Eye of Yugen. Uh, I used it last night to great effect in my red deck after Iona was played naming red. Eye of Eugene. I, I played that game, by the way. I, <laughs> I There was only one card I couldn't cast because I just kept fetching out That's awesome. colorless Eldrazi's and, awesome. and duplicates and stuff. Uh,
2: and the okay. last one, you can do the honors. Yeah,
1: Core Haven. Now, one of my favorites. card that yeah. we definitely play. Um, one- and a, uh, you can tap it to add colorless to your mana pool, and for one and a white, you can tap this land to prevent all combat damage that would be dealt by target attacking creature this turn. It's Maze of Ith, uh, but for white decks. Yep, it's Maze of
2: Ith. It's a second Maze of
1: Ith. It's really, really good. It's really, really good. Um, and the final lands, let's talk about the set.
2: Yeah, it's the filter lands. We talked about Mystic Gate already. These are mm-hmm. the lands that tap to add a colorless, or you can pay uh, a hybrid mana, of whatever two color combination you want and then it will sort of okay let me read one (laughs) cascade bluffs you can tap either a blue or a red so a hybrid is it and tap the cascade bluffs and then you can add either two blue two red or red and a blue to your mana pool so you pay a red or a blue and then you create any combination of two mana that's red or blue kind of cool hard to explain but
1: yeah Hard to explain. And notably, this is fixing in a weird way because it does tap to add colorless, but let's say you're in a Grixis deck and you wanted to cast black, blue, and red spells. If you only had a black mana out and then you play Cascade Bluffs, you actually still cannot tap for you only have of colors. Yeah, now you only have black and colorless. Yeah, you have to use one of the lands in there to filter into the co- any combination you want.
2: They are very good, though, because they fill the role of dual lands. They don't play come into play tapped. Yeah. And they, they all are getting pretty spendy. Yeah, and if you have cards
1: that cost blue, 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 red, 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 or you know any kind of that combination of a lot of one color, it's great because you can you know make sure that you have this land. All of a sudden, taps for any color combination. You can sort I think the black ones especially because black has a lot of cards that cost black, three, black, 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 black. Yeah,
2: really good point. Well, those are the sp- the leaks. Sorry, I keep wanting to say spoilers uh, that we've got so far for Earth of the Gatewatch. There may be more by the time you're hearing this. Um, But as if that was not enough.
1: As if that was not enough.
2: As if it wasn't crazy, the amount of stuff that got dumped. We actually got our first leaks or look at Shadows over Mm Innistrad. I read somewhere, and I don't know how people knew this or suspected this, but they think these are the sort of cover cards for the dual decks for Shadows over Innistrad. One is a reprint. It's Geist of St. Traft, so we won't talk about that. The other is not a reprint. It's a new card. So this is our first new card we're seeing from Shadows over Innistrad. Gosh, I can't believe this got leaked. (laughs) It's crazy because that shows you how crazy it is because we're a a full set. Yeah, it's down the line. Before we should be seeing anything about it. Mm -hmm. Um, All right, it's Mindbreaker Demon. This was was leaked in a foreign language, so we're going to use a translation. It's two black black for a creature demon. It's a 4-5 flying trampler. Flample. When it enters the battlefield, put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard. So you mill yourself for four. And then at the beginning of your upkeep, if you don't have four or more card types in your graveyard, you lose four life. Interesting. It's sort of, I mean, it's checking things like Tarmogoyf checks things. Mm -hmm. And then it's basically punishing you if you don't have enough card types. So the card types that can be in your graveyard are like land, instant, sorcery, artifacts, creature, tribal. Yeah. Those are the those are all of them, right? Yeah, a flying uh, planeswalker. Oh, pl- planeswalker also, right? And interrupt is an old one, but it's actually been retconned to instant now, so yeah. interrupt wouldn't be separate.
1: It's interesting. Uh, it's very well costed. Four or five flying trample for four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if this will see modern play, but I could certainly see this playing being played in standard, especially if there's no real graveyard manipulation outside of like treasure cruise. Because you really treasure can't cruise have, will be gone Anna 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 by Anna the time. That, Oh, yeah, Transitions right. is
2: rotated by the time that Shadows comes
1: out. So. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see if there is a big graveyard theme.
2: It'll be interesting oh. to see who wins the next <laughs> booster pack, uh, pack in the
1: Holloway gift. Holloway, I keep saying Holloway. Holiday gift grab extravaganza from coming at you hot from Feast of Fiction. No, that's my other show from Command Zone.
2: <laughs> we're getting a little loopy because uh, we're just not loopy. used to this alarm going off. It's
1: really messing me up. Every time I hear it, I'm like,
2: "What is happening?" Oh, right,
1: we're giving stuff away uh go ahead jimmy Do okay the honors. cool we got a person named at jai torres so at beast s p l straight up send us your mailing address Commandcast at rocket jump.com. we will send you stuff
2: all right so four or five fla flample demon for four and it has like a downside who knows how hard it'll be to pull that off fetch lands will be gone too mm-hmm. um that's for for standard. For us, I think it's probably it's fine. It's just that a four or five Flample is not even that great. Yeah. So why take on the downside of it?
1: Well, especially when you can play cards like other demons that give you the Phyrexian Arena effect on the stick.
2: Yeah, very true. You know, um, what it what it is interesting about it is this idea that like, is this going to be a set? We know, we know at least this card cares about card types and graveyards. Mm-hmm. Are there going to be more cards in Shadows of Over Stride that call? that care about card types and graveyards I hope so that'd be really cool I like that I like that manipulation
1: of the graveyard because it's
2: not dredge <laughs> <laughs>
1: well dredge works very well with it because yeah, it certainly. puts more cards into your graveyard that's pretty high on the storm scale isn't it I'm
2: pretty sure Tarmogoyf's getting reprinted based on this just kidding everybody don't freak out <laughs> Yeah, that thing just turns your Tarmogoyf into a four or
1: five. Oh my gosh!
2: In the last episode, you know how I said like, "Oh, this is a way that they could like soft ban Soul Ring," and then I got everyone's like, "They're not gonna do that," and I'm like, "Yeah, I know. I just was saying like it's interesting to think about." I, I you didn't and your think hypotheticals, a, Josh. I know. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you like muse about things? That's not what we pay you for, <laughs> because we don't pay you anything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pay me.
0: <laughs> I pay.
1: All right, let's move on to the year in review.
0: Hooray! Pew, pew,
1: pew. Pew, 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 pew. We had a great year, 2015. A lot of stuff happened. We came out like with 60-plus episodes. How many episodes did we come out with? I think
2: uh, 25 was our first episode of the year, so we're on 91 now. Oh, boy. So that's uh, 66 episodes it's Pretty this good. year. That's why we're giving something actually.
1: away every six minutes. Yeah, uh, we totally thought of that. I totally thought of that. Why did
2: we pick six and not five minutes? I don't know. We should have picked 12
1: minutes, by the way. It's way <laughs> too fast. I don't know. I would get caught even more off guard. Now sometimes I'm thinking, like, is it going to happen? When was the last time it happened? Oh, God, I hope I'm get thrown off again when that happens. <laughs> um,
2: it's, like, looming at all moments.
0: Yeah,
1: so we're going to cover uh, just sort of what happened over the year um, and – uh, if you guys haven't heard these episodes that we're going to talk about, we suggest you go back and check them out. There's a lot of good stuff in the past, uh, some of it better than others, of course. But in general, I think we had, a, we had a pretty good year. I had a blast. It was our first full year. Yeah, that's right. Because um,
2: we did about, what, five months yeah, of 2014? Yeah, we 2014. started in the summer, like in July, I think. Yeah, or August or something like that. So our first full year, I feel like we really got our sea legs under us this year. Um, at the beginning of the year, we were still pretty new at doing this. I'm not saying we're great now, we're just better. Yeah, we're always getting better. That's the point, right? And it was super fun. I mean, like I said, I did not think this was enough for a, a big talk- topic, and then we started listing stuff. And I'm like, wow, there's a lot. Yeah, it turns out magic and just talking about ourselves <laughs> is going to take us through. All right, so uh, some of these are in chronological order, some aren't. The first really big thing that happened in 2015 was the tuck rule change.
1: Yeah, if you guys don't remember what happened originally, you could use cards like Oblation or Chaos Warp to take a commander card and tuck it into an opponent's library if they didn't have a sack outlet or a way to sort of save them because these cards said shuffle the card into the library. And so you could also put stuff on the bottom of the deck with a card like Hinder. This changed. Sheldon Mentory and the rules committee announced that Anytime a commander leaves the battlefield and goes to another zone, whether it's your deck, hand, or graveyard, you can choose to put it in the command zone.
2: This actually uh, applies if it moves zones not just from the battlefield either. So, Oh, really? Yeah, so... From your graveyard to exile? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. You can choose to put it into the command zone. Um, I believe that's true. Oh, geez. Uh, has any, to be. Yeah. Anyway, the big, big, big sort of earth-shattering thing was that, you know, you can't take their commander, put it into their library somewhere, and basically, like, quote-unquote, turn off their commander Mm -hmm. in a real way because, as we know, destroying or exiling doesn't really do it in our format. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Uh, Do you remember how we announced this? Do you remember
1: the moment we found out? Kind of. I remember doing a big interview with Sheldon right after and rushing home from dinner.
2: That was the second. That was, like, two days later. Yeah. We went right on the bullhorn. When they announced it, we had already recorded our episode. And it was, like, usually we record on Thursdays. And then we release on Tuesdays. What happened is, like, they announced it, like, Monday. Yeah. (laughs) And so Monday during the day, and we're, like, texting furiously because it's a huge earth-shattering thing for Commander. And we're like, how can we have an episode come out and we don't talk about it? Yeah. So we had to literally get on, you know, over Skype, record, like, this special – I think it went – I think the opening played. And during the opening, we had, like, a (laughs) – And we now bring you this special report. <laughs> and then we did a whole segment, like a twenty, twenty five minute segment on the Tuck rule change. Yeah. Neither of us liked it at the time. I still uh, don't really care for it because No, I still do not like it. I stand by basically everything we
1: said. Yeah. It's funny because in the year that we played, no one's changed their decks to reflect this rule change. People still play their hinders, they still play their chaos warps because they're good cards and you if you want a counter spell or whatever. It just doesn't and, work against commanders anymore, and I, I, I haven't had to deal with oh no, my commander would have gone to the whatever because my decks in general
2: have the ability to give away free booster packs. Okay, hey. uh, oh, let me just turn that off. Um, Dan Berkeybile, who is at Coach Burke. Coach Burke. Coach Burke. Hey, I had a Coach Burke in high school. I wonder if he's a coach. <gasps>
1: Is he the coach? It's you not. In high it's school? not.
2: His name wasn't Dan, so it's not the same guy. Also, it doesn't look anything like him. So, <laughs> um, Dan, send us your mailing address. Okay, back to the, uh, the um, tech group.
1: yeah. It just hasn't affected me at all whatsoever, and I so that's why has, I still don't care too much about it. I
2: think it has affected me. There are definitely moments where I draw that Chaos Warp, and I'm like, man, in the old days, I could like really mess that guy up for what he's doing, but right. now it's just like, eh, this card's good, but it's not as good you know you draw terminus now and it's like it's fine yeah terminus it, you, is fine now it used to be like oh man terminus right now is i'm going to probably win
1: yeah it certainly made ixedron better in my book because that For you sure. can still just flip a general upside down you know what it also made better in my book faiths fetters <laughs> how dare you like by a, like a tiny millimeter and it got faiths
2: fetters is still not good even yep. once it's a little bit better here, we, right. go. Here yeah, we go. Here we go. More next, emails. This is next, awesome. <laughs> the next big thing
1: that happened was Dragon Week. Oh, yeah. Dragon Week. Yeah. So, uh, Dragons of Tarkir came out. We got really excited and decided we're just going to have a straight-up week of dragons and giveaways. And we gave away a ton of stuff. And there was a big winner at the end of it as well. <gasps> HDLA. Hey. Congrats again to being the Dragon Week winner. The 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 one to take it all home. The greatest dragon of them all. You are the Sarkin. Of Dragon Week. Congrats.
2: <laughs> you're I guess you're you know HD Lane, Hugo Hugo? Yeah, Hugo. Hugo, you are just forever gonna be called that by Jimmy and I. And we did get to meet uh, Hugo at, at GP Vegas, which we'll talk about in a minute. Um, but I always will <laughs> refer to him as Dragon Week winner, HD Yeah. Pretty sweet, pretty sweet title. Dragon you know. Week was a lot of fun. It was something that we sort of spontaneously came up with which was an entire week of celebrating dragons and magic. If you followed us on Twitter at that point, every single day we were tweeting out questions and comments about dragons, and you had a chance to win prizes every single day. We had two episodes. Yeah, um, that was pretty sweet. Come out where we each broke down a dragon deck, and we just really went, after it, we had like cool infographics uh new graphics posted yeah. and every day we chose like a winner of the day and they would go up on the sort of the the dragon week talk seven board and be on our twitter and it was a really fun thing
1: yeah it was really fun i hope we can do something similar next week uh maybe we'll call it shadow next week. week next week next year let's Sha- do it next year. shadow <laughs> week yeah, <laughs> shadow next week. week good lord we're giving away enough <laughs> stuff on this episode uh <laughs> um Interestingly enough, the deck I made that week, my Inted the Dreamer deck, it's a good deck. It's my I just played one of my it best like, decks this weekend. Yeah, <laughs> I decided to go in and I powered it up a little more, and it consistently wins
2: now. It's kind of funny because I did not build it expecting a Dragon Tribal deck to kick butt. Uh, it, to my shame, I never did build the deck that I that I built on the show. I never built my holding built it in you, real life. Maybe someday I will. It's Scion, deck. that deck is expensive, man. Yeah, that Scion is deck is world. really expensive. There's um, a lot of dragon in there. An interesting thing happened because the Tuck Rule change and Dragon Week happened sort of back to back. And what that ended up doing is we ended up releasing two episodes in, in two weeks back to back. So yeah. this sort of caused us to go into two episode per week mode. Hooray! So this was a thing that happened, and we've only recently stopped doing it, but we were doing two episodes a week for a while, uh, I think because we did that, and we were like, that wasn't so bad, we could do that every week, and so over the we summer- We ended up
1: shortening our episode
2: length, and I think that was
1: actually the biggest change, is we were like, we used to be doing hour-half, two-hour two podcast, and we were like, we could do two fifty 50-minute podcasts, cover more ground, and have it be better and more concise, and good things
2: yeah so we tried that out for a long time and honestly it worked really well the only reason we've stopped doing it is it just takes more production time because we have to come up with twice as many topics and whatnot edit twice as many videos yep but uh we we that's the reason we have 91 episodes starting at 25 at the beginning of the year because we should only do you know 52 in a year and that's if we don't skip weeks and we've skipped a couple
1: totally um, we had a lot of level up episodes as we dub them and other, and LR dubs them the same thing. So basically, episodes that are there to help you level up your gameplay and go from one place to another. Uh, if you guys want to go back and listen to them, we have a lot of really good ones. Notably, uh, episode 30 is called How to Tutor/slash mitigating aggro. Episodes 39 and 40 was the very informative mana bases episode. If you guys are looking to build a mana base or don't know where to start for your EDH deck, go check that out. 41 is all about trading up, sort of how to take your cards and. Upgrade them into better cards for your deck. 43, uh, episode 43, Poly Tips and Poly Tricks. That was a controversial one. So, you guys want to check that out if you want to join It's a in. really good episode. I like that one. Uh, episode 71, an episode I near and dear to my heart, just called Sandbagging. Yep, this is a good one too. <laughs> and then episode 80 we did situation awareness. So all of those episodes are level up episodes if you want to check out any of those, I would suggest to, if you want to look back on the year and you missed a couple of those are definitely some good ones.
2: Yeah, I like level up episodes. They're not dealing with necessarily specific cards like a deck tech is saying, well, this card, this card, this yeah. card. And level up episodes are like philosophies about playing uh, commander or magic or multiplayer or, or diff- you know, politics or whatever. Yeah, certainly. Um we also finished up the color wheel series oh no i'm sorry the top 10 yeah series we did not finish the color wheel series we still have to do blue we've saving the best for last yeah saving the best for last will be a mega episode i'm sure because there's a lot to talk about for blue but yeah so we have top 10 card lists now for each color and and artifacts artifacts. yeah um so those are sort of some of our meta series uh we also started a new meta series which we called edh archetypes i like this and so episode 68 was our Uh, our token episode about the archetype of tokens and the archetype of giving Giving stuff away away.
1: (laughs) Uh, never gets old still scares me (laughs) all right uh the next winner from our twitter follower list is lamp straight up at l4mp l4mp or lamp lamp at lamp lamp
2: it's probably somebody that works at pixar (laughs) yeah go ahead and send us your mailing address command cast at rocketjump.com So episode 68 was our token, talking about all token decks in Commander, and episode 76 was our Voltron episode. Hey. I am excited to get back next year into the flow of the episodes and get to do some more of these. You know, there's a whole bunch more archetypes. I agree. There's aggro, there's control, there's there's tons. So uh, we will be continuing that for sure.
1: Yeah, we also had Delray book giveaways. Very exciting. So we partnered up with Spectre Delray this year to give away a lot of books. Uh, And it's sweet because it's, It's not magic. It's something outside the world of magic, but it's very tangentially related, and reading is a good thing to do.
2: It always warms my heart that we're giving away books, and what warms my heart even more is the amount of people that enter the contest to win a book. Yeah. like People actually care about winning a book. That makes me feel so good. It actually restores my faith in humanity somewhat. Mm -hmm. Um, We just had
1: 10 new winners for more books last week on last week's episode, and the first giveaway we ever did was on May 18th for The Warded Man.
2: The Awarded Man, and the most recent one was Elfstones of Shannara, and we are definitely hoping to continue the tradition of giving away all kinds of stuff, but but, but also books next year.
1: Very cool. GP
2: Vegas. Grand Prix Vegas. Vegas, baby! Yes, what a great time. This
1: Uh, was... What a fun trip.
2: Maybe the big magic highlight of the year for me. Um, Definitely our gathering. So, if you're new to the show or you didn't listen around then, we uh, had a big gathering that we threw at GP Vegas, Magic the Gathering. We rented out uh, a space in the Plaza hotel um on one of the nights, and we invited people to come, play EDh. We gave away a bunch of stuff as we always like to do. We mm-hmm. also had free conspiracy drafts. And we were expecting, you know, somewhere in the realm of like eighty people, we ended up getting like, 250 or so <laughs> yeah. and it ran had, out of food and drink. Ran out of tables. We had to like steal tables from the banquet hall's next to us. Plaza Hotel was great. They they really like gave us a lot of leeway. Yeah, we had to order a lot more food and drink because a lot more people came, which is a good problem it to It was have. amazing. We hosted our own mini, like,
1: it felt like a little Grand Prix. It was
2: cool. It was definitely, like, the Everyone size of, like, a, and... a regional PTQ or something. I mean, yeah. 250 people is a lot. Yeah, people were just slinging spells all over the place. There was a lot of um, personalities from the Magic community there. It was a great deal of fun. Yeah. GP Vegas itself was great
1: getting to play just huge conspiracy drafts with like modern masters packs thrown in was so much fun uh, oh, some of the
2: wizards guys came by and, and contributed
1: those packs and i was like oh my gosh you guys are freaking sweethearts
2: yeah sean gibbons showed up and in his draft pod with conspiracy he just added modern uh, Ma- modern yeah, masters yeah. packs to it uh friend of the show alexander newman added packs of the dark oh my goodness to his conspiracy draft and then also he took a bunch of the packs and he gave them to us, and he ha- wanted us to give them away to the show. And so, this is related to the Deck Doctors series, which we started when we got back from Vegas. And it was something we'd been wanting to do. And then, Alex giving us those packs was like, Oh, this is a good prize we can give away yeah. to accompany the Deck Doctors. And so, now we have about 800 submissions of decks. Oh, that man, we can we've go got through. thousands. I mean, yeah. we're literally above thousands. the deck doctors, so we've
1: done a few which is awesome and we're definitely going to keep going back to them because it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work too uh to sort of figure out the balance of what to add and what to take out and how to also break it down on the on the show but we gave away packs of the dark if
2: you got your decks chosen and we have one
1: pack left
2: so definitely there's at least one more deck doctors after we run out of that after we do that we'll still do them yeah we'll still give stuff away um yeah, you're right. There are a lot of work, but people ask for them constantly, and we still get submissions all the time, and we get asked all the time. Are you still doing the deck doctors? Yes, we are. Send a tapped out link to our email. That's the best way to enter.
1: We gotta get our PhD, man. We gotta we gotta go back. We gotta
2: go back. We gotta go back, Jack. Um, what's next on here? The oh.
1: spoiler train. So we, choo choo. We <laughs> hopped on the spoiler train. <laughs> Uh, This actually started with Commander 2014. We got uh, Impact Impact Resonance Resonance as our first ever spoiler, and then we've gotten a couple of others since then, which is really exciting. So we got The Great Aurora, which was the spoiler for
2: um, Magic Origins. Origins. This actually started what I'm hoping is a trend in that we've gotten a spoiler in every set since Magic Origins. So we got Impact Resonance, and then we didn't get a spoiler for the next couple of sets. Mm -hmm. But then we got onto Magic Origins, and then we got one for uh, Battle for Zendikar, and then Sanctum we got... Sanctum of Ugin. Yep, and then we got one for the Commander uh, 2015 product. Right of the Raging Storm. So we're hoping to continue that. We're hoping the leaks don't hurt us too much in that regard. I hope so. If we don't get one for Oath of the Gatewatch, I will know why. Yeah, it'll be too bad, <laughs> but we do appreciate Wizards, you know, recognizing the show and, and letting us be, you know letting us unveil like a card in yeah in, in it's every set. it's
1: a really high honor um because i know we do this because we love it and it's awesome to sort of have that validation there as well
2: oh this next one comic-con yeah we went to san diego comic-con this year i'm going to hang out with some cool peeps where you got to pre-release that same weekend because that was the uh magic origins pre-release weekend yep. and I we got one five <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> i went four and one But the last guy I played had a Jace, and I still keep thinking, like, because I I was like, why is he playing that Jace? That that card is horrible. (laughs) You're crazy. Uh, It wasn't very good in limited. Oh, but what is good is getting packs for limited. That's right. We're giving away more boosters. (laughs) All right. uh, I got this one. We're going to give it to Max at MTGJLP. Oh, definitely a magic player. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. Just has something else mtg related <laughs> in his life it actually stats yeah, it's it's his name it's matthew travis gideon
1: <laughs> his last name just happens to be gideon. well what do you want to- amazing i love it that's all perfect right. all right that's max great. email us your address Oh, uh, that's great oh uh, yeah we got the pre-release and we got to hang out with brian david marshall also known as bdm gavin verhey And a lot of the Watsy peeps that were down there doing the presentation. And uh, we also got to hang out with Brian Kibler.
2: Yeah, Kibler was at the uh, pre release. I I wanted to play him really bad, but I didn't get to. Yeah, I believe that is the LGS that he frequents. And Kessler was there too. And Kessler actually 5 0'd that pre release. Yeah, I think he was the first place winner of the whole thing. Good job, Kessler. Good job, Kessler.
1: Uh, All right. In September, we went back to one episode per week. Yeah, so you know what? We have not heard a single complaint about it. Thank goodness, because it was a lot of work, and I'm glad that we did it, but I'm also glad that people aren't like,
2: why don't you have two episodes a week? Yeah, Whew. people have been really, really understandable. In fact, we got a lot of notes saying, like, guys, two is... Yeah. Two, we totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Two is a lot. Please don't burn out. We yeah. had a few emails like that, and you guys are so sweet for emailing us that. For even thinking about yeah. <laughs> whether we'd burn out burn out or not. So, yeah, we're back to one episode per week, but we will sometimes be doing two, Um Yep, like we did a couple
1: of weeks ago yep. or a month ago or so. For uh, we did, we'll talk about that as well. Um, goodbye to Eli Cuevas, who was our original editor for the show after Josh uh, sort of did the first ten. And Eli, to his credit, he did those two episode weeks. Uh, that's tough. Two yeah. full videos of graphics and stuff to do every single week. What
2: he eh. was pumping them out, pumping them out. Eli edited every episode from episode ten to episode eighty-one. Wow. So the bulk. of by far of our show he cut together anybody who watches the videos eli has had such a huge influence on how those look and how they work you know because episode 10 was when he started we still weren't set in the way that we do everything yeah so he was sort of like every time anything new would happen he would have to figure out how to make that work um so we were very sad to lose eli but we did pick up A friend of Eli, Eli actually referred us to Terry Robertson, who's our editor right now. He took over in episode 82. And Terry has brought a whole bunch to the table. The videos he's pumping out are very, very, very good. Yeah, he's killing it. Yeah, so if you've noticed, like, Terry likes to be a little more playful. He likes to add little, you know, outside images here and there and maybe even little clips and sound effects and whatnot. And I think people have really responded to that. Uh, we've gotten a lot of comments about how good terry's doing so i know terry's listening right now terry good on you keep it up thumbs up buddy you're killing it super appreciate all the
1: work that you're doing and of course also doing the revisions when we get back at you at things and little things that need tweaking and stuff thanks for being professional
2: so you know if you're listening to this in the comment section on rocket jump or youtube give terry a good shout he's putting in a lot of work and he's doing a great job Ayo. Ooh. This one's fun. This was. I mean, Talking this has about, to be your coolest moment of the of the year. Mag- uh, GB the Magic
1: Vegas year. meetup was pretty great, but yeah, this was pretty awesome too. So, speaking of wizards recognizing us and giving us validation, I got asked to go to the community cup this year, which was really exciting. I went with a bunch of other uh, streamers and creators, including the Magic the Amaturing ladies, uh, Kenji Egashira, aka Numatanami, Gabriel, aka SG Doc, uh, uh, Wedge from the Mana Source. Uh, Joel Larson, Yo Larson a st- uh, Stibbs. Stibbs, the Stibbs himself. Uh, that was a lot of fun. We played and we beat the Wizards team. We smacked them around. Actually, it was really close and really stressful. But I got to play uh, Balfour's End card before everyone else. It was really cool.
2: And you did. You were part of the first commander game you ever played
1: at the community cup. Yeah, and it was an epic one. I'm so glad it turned out the way it did because I think it was an awesome sort of spotlight on how the game is and like how crazy it can get and how much fun it was as well. Even though it was just taking extra turns, which we talk about. Like I'm not that interested in that. It's like it doesn't matter. It was still actually a very enjoyable time. Plus, you won us all stuff. Yeah, everyone on Magic Online got a full set of the Unhinged Lands foiled. Pretty sweet. Yeah. I still have them. Yeah, me too um oh the next one's you too <laughs> yeah i went to pax this year as well uh i got to play in sort of like they had a little fun event where we played people that were at the convention and you could play like freaking mark rosewater and stuff and, or uh, will wheaton and stuff and that was really
2: exciting but i got to reveal Kozilek's chandler great card do you think they'll reprint an oath of the gate watch except now it says tap add diamond diamond <laughs> I hope not, because then you open your, like, Battle for Zendikar pack, and it's just different. Like Kozilek's what? Channeler can't even cast Kozilek.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he can, but... He can, but it just has retconned. to be card. Yeah, 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 sure,
2: you're right. He can.
1: That was fun. Funny. Yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Pax was amazing. Wizards had a huge show of this year because they took over the entire annex. So it was just, like, three floors dedicated to magic. The Lady Planeswalker Society that was there teaching people how to play. So huge shout-out to them for working that whole weekend and introducing probably tons of people to the game. Didn't they have a huge Emrakul, like picking up a police car? Yeah, it was a giant Eldrazi. I don't know if they specify which. It looked like Emrakul, though, right? It looked like Emrakul tentacles, spaghetti. Yeah. Spaghetti arms, grabbing a police car and like
2: wrecking it into like a, a street lamp. It was really sweet. Yeah, it got me really excited that there was going to be Emrakul, and then there wasn't. Maybe it was uh, Ulamog. Who knows? Ulamog, uh, Ulamog doesn't look like that. Everyone has tentacles, though. I mean, if it's a spawn of Emberporn. Yeah, it's true. I think it was knows? just generic Eldrazi. Yeah.
1: it was. Uh, either way, it was awesome. It's a giant structure. Um, yeah, the photos from that event were great. So that was a ton of fun as well. Um, and ooh. then
2: in late October, so... Oh,
1: hang on. In late October, we decided that we were going to give away more stuff before the end <laughs> of the year. So we're going to give away some more booster backs. Uh this next winner's name is Jake's T at Jake Wethington. Jake Weffington. Congrats, Congrats. You have won some booster packs. Email your mailing address command cast at rocketjump.com because you're a winner.
2: Winner winner chicken dinner.
1: Yeah, Jake and it might be we thing ton. I don't know. It's W E T H I N G T O N. I think Wethington's correct.
2: Okay, Jake. We need your address. All right, yes. on to the next highlight of 2015. Oh, yeah. So in late October, we did our first episode of The Sideboard. Kind of cool. We alluded to this earlier. This is sort of our way that we're sometimes going to still do two episodes per week. It's just going to be intermittent and when we feel like it. So our Sideboard episode, I had really a lot of fun doing it. It was about a Battle for Zendikar Draft. Mm-hmm. So it was us branching out, talking about a different area of magic than Commander, something uh, I think we're going to do more in the future.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, also, if you guys have ideas for sideboard episodes that you would like us to cover this or that, let us know. You can let us know in the comments, on Rocket Jump YouTube, or on Twitter. Uh, we actually, uh, after that, got on the front page of Magic the Gathering online because we brought in Adam Prosek to talk about the legendary cube, which was on Magic Online. So we were on the front page of MTGO when you loaded it up. We were kind of cool.
2: That was a pretty good big moment. I feel like from the late half of this year with the Community Cup, uh, this and then the next thing that happened, we really kind of got the endorsement of Wizard a little bit as far as like they them calling us out and thanks guys them contacting us actually about interviewing Adam was yeah. very cool and uh, I hope you got a chance to try out the Legendary Cube uh, it's mm-hmm. not there anymore but Adam just give him a taste give him a taste uh, and then sort of the last big highlight of this year was recently. On the Mothership, which is what they call the Wizards' official website, Bruce Richard wrote an article about his favorite magic podcast, and we were mentioned. Yeah, So we forgot to mention this for the last couple weeks, because it was a couple weeks ago that he wrote right. the article. Uh, we forgot to give him a shout. But Bruce does do uh, Commander content on the Mothership, and so it's pretty flattering to be called out by him as one of his favorite podcasts.
1: Yeah, and it was great. I loved his review because he talked about you know, it's like, well, these guys are a little more competitive, a little more spiky, and but I still can't stop listening. I was like, that's a great, that's high praise. I, I really liked what he said, so thank you, Bruce. I appreciate it. All right. Oh, we had a ton of guests this year, um, and and actually, just in general on the show, we love to bring on guest uh, speakers, people to talk about certain topics, and they uh, it's awesome because we can help uh, in some cases break them uh, into the community and let them know about the services they offer. Other times, we can throw people to another podcast that we support. So. Uh, uh brainstorm brewery we've had corbin hostler hustler i'm not Hossler. sure sorry corby and jason alt were both on the podcast
2: those jason are our actually, Dyson
1: buddies yeah 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 it's awesome we uh had a great time at gp vegas playing
2: craps with those guys yeah that that's very awesome to sort of have them on our show and then get to know them better we also had donald minor who is the creator of edh rec yeah and uh we had him first we had him first yeah take that everyone else that had this awesome like Wedge website. and Prof who crashed his website. <laughs> we uh, we like gave it a little nudge. We had website. a pretty good bump for that moment in time, but then Wedge and Prof decided to come along and just blow us out the water. Yeah. Speaking of Wedge
1: and Prof, they were both on the episode in episode as well. They uh, both guested, and we just sort of hung out and talked to them, and it was a really fun episode. We sort of recapped a lot of stuff.
2: Prof's probably the professor from Tularean Community College, I should say, is probably our second most uh, get. The person we've had on the second most after Craig is yeah. my guess. Yeah, I he's been on so. like four or five times. Uh, good friend of ours, a guy we really love, and uh, we'll talk more about that later.
1: Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Magic the Amateuring, Megan and Maria. We were on their show, and they were on our show. That was a lot of fun.
2: Good luck, high five.
1: Good luck, high five. Those girls are hilarious. If you guys haven't checked out Magic the Amateuring, please, please check it out. They do a lot of limited talk, uh, and they're they're both so funny. I, I I think they're
2: hilarious. That's the thing. It's called Manage- Magic the Amateuring which I know probably turn some people off because they're like, I'm not an amateur, I'm blah, 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 <laughs> or I don't want to be an amateur. Listen, the show is just straight entertaining. Yeah, it's very it's entertaining. It's just a comedy show. It's really, really good. And they, they're they actually really good at magic. They At the Community Cup, Megan and Maria were like kicking butt. Yeah, they kicked a lot, but I
1: think they both 3 the pod at some point, so... Uh, I, I did, never even came close.
2: <laughs> they were they were seriously carrying the team sometimes. They're very yeah, good. It was
1: great. That was awesome.
2: Uh, it was fun having them on and talking commander. They're not big commander players, but we're trying to fix that. Yes. We also had the Reverend Infuego from BJ Shea's <laughs> Geek Nation on. Yeah. I really like Rev. We got to hang out a lot at GP Vegas. He's a very cool guy. Yeah, um, I saw him in Seattle as well and those up for packs. So. Yeah, so he's a fun guy. We got to get him back on.
1: Yeah, you guys should check out BJ Shay's Geek Nation also if you have not. Uh, we had the Space Janitors, Andy Hull and Brendan Halloran from the uh, – now Now, uh, Andy's actually doing the Commander's Brew podcast, which we've talked about. They take uh, decks with cool themes and make budget fun decks out of them for EDH, and it's a huge challenge, and it's also a lot of fun because it's sort of two friends always brewing off against each other.
2: Yeah, yeah, and they're very budget-oriented, which is great. And also, I w- I'm wondering, the Space Janitors – I mean, they got to be doing something with The Force Awakens coming out. Like, right? Who knows? They be I mean like-
1: – I I was last I talked to uh, both those guys. They had some some stuff in the
2: works. I don't know if it was Star Wars related or not, but they're they've got some stuff brewing. We also had our good friend Phil DeLuca from the Commander in Podcast. In fact, he announced the Commander in Podcast and the fact that it was going to exist and happen on our show. So that was yeah. a great honor.
1: That was really nice. Yeah, I love Phil. Great guy. He uh, also made me so jealous. He recently went to Japan and bought some booster packs to not give to us because we have our own to give away right now on the show. Oh, my gosh. Here we I go. One, I got this one. Oh, you got it? Okay, cool.
2: Okay. Carrie, sorry, Carly Ann at C-A-A-A-R-R-L-E-28. Nice. At Carly, Carly 28.
1: 28. Carly 28. Carly, we need
2: your address to send you your booster packs. Okay, back to Phil. Commandcast
1: at rocketjump.com. Yeah, Phil, he bought all these cards from Japan that were from the Commander products from... Just singles, and I went to Japan and did the same thing, but seeing him do it as well. I well, was he like, was there for like six weeks yeah, or something. Yeah, and I was like, oh, my gosh. All these cards were like a third the cost of what they are in America, and they're Japanese, and they're so cool
2: looking. That reminds me, Phil, you're back from Japan. When are we playing?
1: Yeah, man. When are you going to give me all your cards? You got? <laughs> Just kidding, yeah. So that was really awesome. Uh, so, Phil, check out the Commander in Podcast if you have not as well. Uh, also at GP Vegas, we got Christine Sprankle. See Sprankle run the most famous legendary Magic the Gathering cosplayer out there. Uh, you may have seen the image of her as Avison, Angel of Hope, uh, in front of the Vegas, Welcome to Vegas sign. It has is...
2: become, like, one of the iconic images of Magic the Gathering, period. Which is so cool. It was in Rolling Stone magazine. Um, it's just, if you, I think if, even if you Google, like, Magic the Gathering, it's one of the top images that comes up. She has become sort of one of the faces of the game just by virtue of, you know being so amazing at like her cosplay and her costumes yeah um that outfit was amazing we got pictures of her luckily we got to have her guest on the show we need to have her come back on and talk about her calia deck oh yeah i'd
1: love for that to happen yeah so that costume was awesome and inside the welcome to fabulous las vegas with like the solar flare behind it was just great it was the costume so well made so christine major props you kick butt um during the tuck rule debate We actually got Sheldon Mennery, the sort of grandfather of EDH and uh, person on the Rules Committee, to be on the show. And we got to talk to him and sort of have a civil discourse about the ruling, Uh, his reasoning behind it, our sort of arguments for and against it as well. And sort of just have a nice, lively, spirited debate on what we thought about the ruling, which was really cool.
2: Yeah, it was very cool of Sheldon to come on because at the moment we asked him to come on, we had released an episode that was pretty critical of the tuck rule change in right. general. And he really went out of his way. We had to do it late. He was recording with a, another podcast right before us. Yeah, I had and, to rush home from like a birthday dinner. <laughs> yeah, and and we had to get that done. And he was very gracious in the way that he did it. And I know m- me specifically, I've been criticized for not like sort of like hardballing him a lot more. And, and this is one of the things I say, which is that for one, I did question him, but also like, I wanted to be respectful because he was going out of his way to be on our show. And it's not like he's getting paid or something. Um, It's, you know, nor are we. So Mm -hmm. we wanted really, the goal of that show was to give the rules committee side of why they made the change and everything, because we'd already had our piece and already stated our reasons for why we didn't like it. Good point. Um, So a lot of respect to Sheldon for coming on our show um, in what could have been, you know, he didn't know, he didn't know how combative we might be. So uh, a lot of respect to him for that. Yep,
1: big props. Uh, we also had A.E. Marling on the show. A.E. Marling is a uh, is he's the Vorthos guy. He knows everything about the lore. He also uh, cosplays, and he was at Vegas cosplaying alongside Christine Sprankle, and we got to interview him on that episode. So congrats. Thanks for coming on the show, bud.
2: Uh, Sean Gibbons, uh, a friend of ours formerly worked at Wizards. He was also on the show on that same episode. Somebody we hung out a lot at GP Vegas. Uh, really good guy. Yep, and then I got to
1: meet this guy later in the year. Graham from Loading Ready Run popped on the show. And uh, we talked about his Sapling of Colfiner deck. Right. That was a lot of fun, sort of uh, tribal trees. Tribal <laughs> trees. Tree tribal.
2: It was also a half of a level up episode because we did talk about threat assessment.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: Uh, oh, we had flavor text writer and card namer. James Pionka was on the show for the second time. He was actually in one of our very early episodes. And I then, love these
1: episodes with James. He, he, sh- he sh- like shows so much about the set that I just never
2: even think about, which is great. And it really shows to you the work and the passion that people put into every aspect of the game because the way yeah. that people like James think about you know, what we'd consider, maybe we wouldn't even think about, like just the name of that card. And mm-hmm. it's how much thought goes into just naming every card. And it really shows you why Magic is such a great game because every little piece of it Has so much passion and thought put into it. Yeah, and I guess
1: James is affected by the leaks as well because you know when you see all these card names in a row, you don't stop to think about Nissa, comma this. You're just like, there's a new Nissa. Yeah, there's twelve yeah. cards, so you just go to the next one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Craig Blanchett, longtime friend of the show. Really co-host almost at this point, <laughs> although we haven't had him on in a while. Yeah, it's true. We gotta bring him back on. So Craig usually comes on for set reviews or to talk about infect, uh or other uh hit Craig Craig things. Or if um, we run out of our own decks to talk about, Craig has
2: so many that we yeah. can always bring him on.
1: Craig is the person that introduced me to the game originally alongside you, Josh. Uh and we've To the be- format. To the format, yeah. We've been playing this game f- with him,
2: probably the longest out of all of our current friends. Yeah, and uh, we've talked a little bit about Craig's Cube, which we helped put together, and we have a lot of fun doing that. In fact, that might be a sideboard episode that at some That would be point. a great sideboard it's episode. It's a multiplayer cube. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, our most recent guest was Adam Prozac, who is one of the game designers at Wizards of the Coast. He came on and talked about designing the legendary cube on Magic Online and his job. Um, and yeah, it was very cool. It's always cool to have people that work at Wizards on the show.
1: Yeah, they, they always have cool stories and stuff and just things that you did not think about the game or know about the game beforehand. So sorry if we missed anyone. Uh, please let us know. We had a lot of guests this year. Uh, we were also guests on other shows, uh, so thank you to the people that invited us on. We've already mentioned a few of these. Brainstorm Brewery, you were on, Josh. Uh, Magic of the Amateur. Actually, we were both on Brainstorm Brewery. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic of the Amateur. We were on Commanderin, Monday Night Magic, The Masters of Modern, our sister podcast, BJ Shay's Geek Nation,
2: and Walking the Plains for the
1: uh, pax episode
2: very cool always great to be asked to be on other people's shows it's always fun to go on and it allows us to sort of broaden our horizons too and uh yeah get the get the show out there to new audiences too which is great all right we thought it'd be fun here to sort of maybe answer a couple of questions these aren't questions from the audience these are questions from us oh nice so jimmy yes what was your favorite command zone moment from the last year and why Oh, my gosh. I predicted I, what it might be, but really? maybe that's not it. I think my favorite command zone moment is still GP Vegas'
1: meetup. It was so cool. We spent a lot of time figuring it out and like just seeing all the people come out. And the, the event itself, that whole weekend, it was awesome hanging out with people that loved the same game that you did and wanted to go out and like play craps and uh, play EDH and talk magic and draft chaos drafts and, and just sort of do all that awesome, fun, ridiculous, crazy stuff in Vegas together. It felt almost like a little dream. It was like, this doesn't happen normally. It was great.
2: Yeah, it's my favorite moment as well. Um, it was also the way that we got to meet a lot of the content creators that we later in the year and still next year and yeah. after that are going to be able to collaborate with and do things with. Uh, it was just a really good way to sort of break the ice with them. And I felt yeah. like that
1: really solidified the community that we had growing up until that point too.
2: For real. Um, all right. What episode of the show, or episodes, I guess, mm-hmm. are you the most proud of from the last year? Jeez. Um, we did a
1: lot. I am excited to say that I'm proud of all of them, Josh. <laughs> Just kidding. You don't have a favorite? Um, I don't know if I really do have a favorite, honestly. I, I think I really loved doing the Color Wheel series. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a lot of fun. I think people enjoyed that quite a bit, too, and it's a little different step. It, I think because Commander allows you to be more caring about the flavor and having more fun with the game as a casual format i think it's always cool to do stuff like the top 10 lists and stuff because those help people just sort of get an idea on what they like card wise and then the color wheel stuff helps people understand why they like color stuff and i'm jimmy the red and you know you just want to understand why am i so red episode 66 is red the color wheel series every six minutes we're giving away
2: packs is that coincidence you decide uh, my favorite <laughs> my favorite episode is probably the politics Tips and politics episode. Oh, very nice. Uh, what is that? 43, I want to say. Um, yeah, Paula. It is, 43. yeah. That's the reason I love Commander. It's the part of the game I think that I'm the best at. And I just really like that episode and it really came together. And it actually made me, when, I, when we were doing that episode and, and mapping it out, I learned a lot. Because, oh, nice. you know, I think I said that on that episode, but it was forcing me to look at me myself like take a step back while i was playing and being like you're doing this stuff why are you doing it yeah totally you know and so yeah i even learned a lot just doing it just doing that episode yeah i so. like doing it. when you write the outlines you actually end up learning
1: about that topic even more than you thought you knew
2: yeah because you're like i do this why do i do this and then you break <laughs> it down and you're like holy crap you know and it might change your mind or it might yeah. just clarify things for you so uh how
1: about this what is the best slash most awesome slash funniest command zone moment of 2015
2: wow it was a very
1: boring year. There's not that much had happened. There's
2: <laughs> I'm trying to think of a single best moment. That's tough to think of a single best moment.
1: I've also realized that in recent weeks, and maybe it's just in the past, I don't know, twenty episodes or so, we've laughed
2: way more than we know like making cracking jokes is like a huge part of the show now, <laughs> which is great. I think that's part of us finding our sea legs. Yeah. And and part of, you know, Uh, Sort of getting comfortable with the mic, too. I think it took us a little while, especially in the early episodes. Um, I think the, 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 there's two things Mingo (laughs) Malingo.
1: Because, just the email, Mingo.
2: (laughs) I did not expect it to take off like it did. You know, sometimes we say things and nobody says anything. And then sometimes, for whatever reason, we, just make up a, a guy named mingo malingo and then people were like creating cards yeah and like talking they still talk about mingo malingo
1: yeah they bring away it's like a throwback joke it's great
2: yeah. so mingo malingo may be my favorite
1: moment um mingo malingo by the way is kiki jiki's sort of just unaccomplished brother his younger <laughs> sibling that just hasn't just, just kind of just can't live up can't live up to the hype that kiki jiki is that actually ties into the next one which is the most surprising audience response to a moment episode Uh-oh. topic because yeah. the way that you guys took Mingo Malingo that, I was floored I was so happy to see everyone make the fake cards for Mingo I definitely didn't um, expect that I
2: would say the other surprising response was the um the the um when we were really begging on Camel oh yeah so Dragon Lord Colagon who I still <laughs> despise to this day and think it was just bad design and and really a lot of people reacted negatively to to me specifically reacting negatively <laughs> to just the Elder Dragons. Sounds about right. But I feel very vindicated because the Elder Dragons suck. No one plays them.
1: Yeah. And I, Dramoko sees them play. I think.
2: Yeah, a little bit. And But for for our format that's named after Elder Dragons, it still does irk me that they created a bunch of Elder Dragons that aren't even that great for us.
1: Yeah, they're not the best commanders, especially K-Mol, uh, Coligon it's who's specifically bad in commander uh,
2: not <laughs> yeah. completely unusable people are like what about shadow warner apostles decks and yeah yeah okay, yeah, fine. yeah find a way to play it yeah uh, um
1: yeah that that makes about that makes sense i think one of my favorite moments uh, is i think josh going into the mother of runes <laughs> <laughs> that was great uh josh, the mother of runes josh uh, showcasing all these talents i didn't know you could sing you can do a scottish <laughs> accent or irish i suppose well,
2: yeah. Oh, it's supposed to be Scottish. I it's might be Scottish. doing it wrong, so it sounds Irish. Yeah, but you know,
1: as dirty Americans, we love giving boosters away. We're gonna
2: give away some boosters. <laughs> I was gonna say we're bad at doing accents,
1: but no, we're, we're gonna not. Give... What are you talking about? We're gonna give away some boosters. All right,
2: it's my turn. I
1: think it's always been your turn.
2: <laughs> your turn, my turn. Here, you hold it. Okay. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right. We got. We got. We got Australian. Sometimes. Uh, uh, it's cute noob 18 at cute noob underscore 18 i guess this person is a noob and is also cute and hella cute is either the age 18 or the 18th person named that i'm not sure hey could be anything send us your mailing address you know the email
1: all right so those are the questions we've asked ourselves let's talk a little bit about the future
2: what does the future hold jimmy
1: uh yeah so in magic uh hopefully we've had uh two modern master sets in the last three years Please. We've also had a conspiracy set. Conspiracy 2?
2: Please, conspiracy 2, please.
1: That would, I would I think that would be my single most hyped thing if that if that was announced. I oh my gosh, I'd be so excited.
2: I mean, I'm currently more excited for Conspiracy 2, the possibility of it, than I am for any other thing that could happen. <laughs> that will yeah. be so awesome. We loved conspiracy. We love conspiracy maybe more than anyone else on the planet based upon how many people at, like, GP Vegas are like, I never drafted this set, or I only drafted this one time. And we're yeah. like, we drafted this 3,700 times. Yeah, we the, the, the amount of comments and the comments I have from that are
1: just sitting around, or it, it, that pile goes to the roof. I still have like ten boxes of it sitting around. It's amazing, and we drafted like two cases. So yeah, not to mention you can also pull some amazing cards from there, like Foil Marchesa and Foil Dak Faden. Those are like the big chase cards of that set. But yeah, the, I mean the set's awesome. It, it has tons of cool cards, like Will of the Council is in there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, introduced whole new mechanics. Was a multiplayer draft format, which was a dream come true, I think, for Commander players. Boxes of like it drafting. are
2: still not that expensive. So if you didn't, if you weren't like playing Magic at the time when Conspiracy came out. It's not that hard to get a hold of a box and go yeah. draft it with your pals right now. It is awesome. You should totally do that. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It makes me want to do that right now.
1: Yeah, and we're also moving on. Of course, now we are going to be full into the two sets per block paradigm for Magic the Gathering.
2: Yeah, it's are going to be interesting times just to see how that changes things. Uh, for Commander players, you may be thinking, well, that's not a big deal because I don't play Standard, but it does change, you know, rotation changing changes the price of cards. Yeah, totally. Which definitely affects us. Standard is
1: going to be changing and shifting a lot faster as well. So I think prices are going to be a little more woo all over the place because of it.
2: And it'll take a little while for people to sort of settle into that rhythm. So I think there's going to be some advantages and disadvantages, uh, at least for the first year or so. So just keep an eye on that. It's going to be interesting to see. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oh, I'm excited. I mean, listen, Commander 2015 just came out. But the thing is, it wasn't four-color commanders. It was not. So that means next year has a better chance of being four-color commanders, right? Than ever. I mean, it has to happen sometime. He said. He said, yeah. Morrow
1: said that, like, yeah, this this will happen potentially. Maybe. I think it will.
2: I mean, we got three-color commanders two years in a row, right? We mm-hmm. got um, wedges and shards, right? Yep. And then we got mono. Yep. And then we got the uh, enemy pairs. Right, And now we're on to year It's either allied pairs or four colors, right? Or it's five color, but I don't think they're going to do five color.
1: No. what do? You, how do you release five different decks of five so, color? <laughs> so there's a
2: 50-50 chance at the very least, right? Because yeah. Unless they just decide to do more wedges or something.
1: I'm really excited. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. I really hope it's four color. That'd be really fun.
2: That's my second most look forward to thing if it were to happen.
1: Outside of Conspiracy 2? Conspiracy
2: 2 is like tier one nice. excitement. And then four color commander is like... Tier 1.5 excitement. Yep.
1: It's also gonna be interesting to see what happens now that we have this new diamond mana uh, for colorless mana, if they include that into a lot of the new future sets, or if it's just gonna sort of just be a thing that they've retconned uh with Oath of the Gate Watch and we'll just see it slowly pop up in different cards over the years and whether or not it's gonna make a difference in other sets if there will be spells that force you to have to use colorless mana to cast it.
2: Yeah, gonna be really interesting to see how often it pops up. I mean, yeah. it could easily be something that never we we never see again. Uh, yeah. I think they've said that it will show up again, but but not as yeah not as who knows what that means. That could mean like one <laughs> set five years from now. Yeah,
1: and and I don't think they're going to be wasting comment slots so they can give us wastes in booster packs as well for
2: limited if they really need it. Yeah, that's a really good point. All right, let's talk about the future for this show, the Command Zone. Uh, yeah, that's right. We're going to get to episode 100 soon. Oh my gosh, I totally spaced that. That's we got to start thinking about what we're going to do. It'll just be another episode. <laughs> we'll see. I, we'll do something fun, I'm sure. If you have any uh, cool ideas for something we should do for episode 100, please send them in. Tweet please at do. us. Put it in the comments, whatever, because we need ideas. We're certainly going to do more deck doctors. It's our number one requested uh, show type, so we're going to get back on that
1: train for you guys. Don't worry, uh, and we'll give away that last pack of the dark. And also, anyone that does uh, gets their deck doctored will still win stuff. So,
2: good stuff. Um, diversity of content we have written down here. And this is an interesting one and something that we definitely want to do more of next year. So like the sideboard episodes, which are not necessarily commander related, but they're magic related. Mm -hmm. It's just branching out into sort of other parts of magic that we enjoy because we love commander and the, sh- the main show will always be about Commander, but we also sort of devour all kinds of magic content, yeah. uh, magic formats. So we may be building modern decks to play in GPLA. I'm definitely building a modern deck. It's going to be red. So there'll probably be some sideboard episode about that. We're going to continue to draft. We're going to you know try other things. Uh, we've maybe got a cube sideboard episode. Yep. Uh, and not just that. You've been tweeting out some pictures recently, Josh. So we did. We've talked about it a few times. We did a... Um, Collaboration, or we're doing a collaboration with the mm-hmm. professor from Tolaran Community, and this is a totally different kind of content. Well, hold on. You know, it's even better content the kind that ends in people's mailboxes
1: <laughs> in the form of three booster packs. We have another winner. Congratulations to At Jeremy Catbot, Emra Kool Aid Man. <laughs> is that really his name yeah great great emerald kool-aid man what's at jeremy catbot and he's emerald kool-aid man which is freaking hilarious so congrats you've won more boosters command cast at rocketjump.com
2: so this cool collaboration with the professor this is really more along the lines of what you and i do professionally yes for a career this is fictionalized content scripted content There'll be some visual effects in there. Yep. Uh, they're comedy. Short little comedy sketches. Comedy skips. sketches. We haven't yeah. given away a lot. We are going about to spoil the main title. <gasps> and it's not going to get leaked because we are in control. That's right. So no pictures of it will be out here before this episode comes out, I hope. I mean, I might leak it. <laughs> It'll be really hard to find who caught it. Jimmy was it you? <laughs> was it you? Yes. It's like, yeah, I, I tweeted it. Like, I could see. <laughs> I saw it on your Twitter. yeah. um the the series is gonna be called Kitchen Table Fables. Very nice. So you can take from that what you will. they're gonna hit well, we don't have a hard deadline, but it'll definitely be fairly soon,
1: fairly soon, yeah.
2: yeah. so we're getting close to wrapping those up. There will be a few episodes, and then based upon how that goes, we'll probably be doing more.
1: Yeah, so congratulations to everyone that won boosters on this episode. Because uh, I'm leaving town in three days, uh, you can actually look forward to getting those in January because I won't be back to mail them until then, and we won't even know who the winners are. Uh, well, you guys won't be able to send your ad- your address until I'm not in this country anymore.
2: Make sure you do email us your uh, mailing address as soon as possible. It just makes it easy, easier to sort of keep them all in one place, yep. and Jimmy will be sending out The prizes uh, in the beginning of January. And I would request that
1: if you're an international viewer, I somehow magically always randomly pick a bunch of international viewers. Uh, Please send me the mailing address in as full form as possible. Um, A lot of times I've had to look up the address on Google Maps or whatever to figure out what the correct formatting is and stuff. So just try and send that as clearly as possible. It helps make sure that your package does not get bounced on the way to you. All right.
2: We're going to be skipping the end step today because the whole last part of the episode is basically an end step. (laughs) Um, Pretty much. But we do want to say to everyone, thank you so much for going on this wonderful ride with us. Yeah. It has been a great year. We look forward to an even better 2016. And uh, here's wishing all of you out there a happy holidays. And a happy new year. We'll see you guys back on January 12th. Don't forget to check out our Stitcher podcast, The Masters of Modern (laughs) with Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman. You can find them on the podcast tab at rocketjump.com slash cast You can follow them on Twitter at Cast. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Very special
1: thanks to Jeffrey Palmer for the Living Card animations at LivingCardsMTG on Twitter. These guys have been killing it recently. Please check out all the awesome stuff that Terry has done for these videos. YouTube.com slash podcast. Watch them all. Set them to a playlist. Play them in the background while you bake your holiday cookies. You can do lots of fun stuff.
2: All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next year. Peace. Surprise! We're actually not done yet. We have one more prize to give away. If you paid attention last week, we said that we were going to give away a fat pack for Battle for Zendikar so you can have all those f- glorious full art lands. Nice. So we're doing one more giveaway. This person is going to win the fat pack. I hope that you listen to the entire episode. It's a little yeah. bit it's a little bit tricksy of us. It pains me to announce who this person is
1: because uh, as you guys all know, I'm a Seattle Seahawks fan. So Austin at PatriotFan09. Ooh,
2: congrats. Ouch. Well, you know, it's truly random because
1: Jimmy never would have chosen this person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. No, just kidding. Yeah, it's random. Congrats, Austin. You've won a Battle for Car Fat Pack. Email us, commandcast at rocketjump.com. Josh, thank you for being so generous and providing such a great prize.
2: Hey, it's all for the show, man. And Jimmy, you do so much work sending this stuff out. It's the least <laughs> I could do. Yeah, a couple trips to the post office. Many more trips than I normally take. <laughs> yeah, how could I be considered generous when Jimmy is donating all of his time to just sending out the prizes? Ah, you know.
1: We both get there.
2: All right, Patriots (laughs) fan, enjoy your fat pack. And everybody else, I said it once, I'll say it again. Peace. Out.